Hi, I'm Reverend Carol Saunders, host of The Spiritual Forum. I'm here with a lot of interesting people who are consciously walking the spiritual path, experiencing and expressing the divine in unique ways and through unique lenses. Everyone here has wisdom to share and an interesting story to tell, all to inspire you on your spiritual path. Welcome to The Forum. Welcome, everyone, to The Spiritual Forum. I'm so glad you're here. I want to remind you that this is a podcast of hope and inspiration and awakening. So wherever you are on your journey, we know that someone out there is going to experience hope and awakening and inspiration. And this is a spirit-led podcast and just really happy to be here in service to all the listeners, my guests, and the divine. I want to remind you, if you'd like to subscribe to the newsletter. You can do that at thespiritualform.org. You can also donate there. This is a 5013C nonprofit. The only way this podcast keeps going is by donations. So appreciate everybody who receives from this podcast uh, when you feel moved to, to donate and help me out a little bit. We can help pay for what we're putting out here today. So that's my little run-up. Really glad to have you all here. Let me introduce my guest. Kevin McCrudden is a leading management leadership, and motivational speaker. He's the founder of National Motivation and Inspiration Day, which was passed by the U.S. Congress after the tragic events of 9-11. Because of this, Kevin is also known as Mr. Motivation and America's Chief Motivation Officer. Those are great things to be known for. (laughs) In his first book, Who Are You? Become the Very Best That You Can Be?, he introduces significant additions to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and his seven audiobooks have been sold in over 30 countries around the world. Kevin's most recent work, The Light of Man, is a documentary about the origins of God, God's relationship with man, and man's relationship with God. It's been selected for viewing at 20 film festivals around the world, most recently at the Cannes World Film Festival in Cannes, France, and was awarded the Best Inspirational and Best Short Documentary in Los Angeles, New York, Las Vegas, London, Paris, and Rome. All great places, particularly Paris and Rome. (laughs) The movie was also named 2022 Best Faith-Based Spiritual and Inspirational Film by the Global Independent Film Festival of India. Now, we're going to be talking about a lot of things today, but mostly focusing on this film the light of man. No, Welcome, Kevin. Thank you so much, Reverend. Thank you for having me. Uh, every time I hear this stuff, it, it just, uh, I shake my head. It's just unbelievable. What a journey. Yeah, you've had quite a journey. And I'd love you to tell me about your journey. But before we get to that, could you like encapsulate what is your message for us today in, in just a couple sentences so people can just know they're going to hang on, listen to every word after this? I, I, I think, Reverend, I think you know, you've touched on this idea of awareness and, and this consciousness and this spiritual awareness. And I, I truly don't know how it's come to me, a sort of a divine journey uh, from my personal, professional and motivational uh, experiences to now this spiritual journey and talking about uh, the origins of God. And um, this has been a 12-year journey. Uh, bits and pieces of it have come to me along the way. Um, kind of like Hansel and Gretel, little pieces of uh, bread were left to me all the way to get this completed. And uh, even the, the amazing people that I have in the documentary, just extraordinary. I don't know how they came to me, but they did. And, and so to release this documentary now is, uh, is really uh, you know, the most important uh, work of my life. And um, it really combines the idea of uh, our 
religious and spiritual belief systems that we've lived with for several thousand years, uh, combining that with science and, uh, you know, sort of Einstein's theories of not only relativity, uh, but many of his comments and quotes about uh, the future of religion um, and, uh, you know, string theory, quantum theory. Um, and people have heard about, you know, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Dr. Deepak Chopra, people like that that talk about quantum and, and, and quantum mechanics and quantum theory. Uh, so this movie combines it, combines it all. And uh, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed with joy uh, how it's been received. People are getting the message. They are understanding. Yeah, well, I have lots of questions about it. I've always felt that science and religion were the same path. I mean, it's like, it's like the same I shouldn't say the same path. They're, they're different paths to the same place. Yes. And I've never seen them as really conflicting. I've always felt that science is just, you know, science is just a little bit behind recognizing the divine in reality. You know, it's like it's like the, the religions recognize the divine. They don't understand the science, but science is over here sometimes being a little arrogant, like we know everything, but they don't make that connection that everything that they're looking right. at like, is God or source or the divine, whatever you want to call it, that's what they're looking at. Yeah. And as scientists, I mean, that's, you know, good for them. They want to make sure that they test everything, they prove everything. Um, our challenge is, is over thousands of years, there's been contradictions of different things that have been tested, uh, contradictions of uh, different research. Um, and and listen, I, I think some of the research that I bring up in the in the documentary, some of the pieces I bring up, the scientists that have done the work would probably say like, well, that's not really what I meant. And it's like, that's okay. That's what I'm saying. It's it's my interpretation of your work. And, you know, we can believe it or not believe it, but um, the documentary seems to prove it. Yes, yes. I kind of want to get into the, the, the guts of the documentary. I know we want people to see it, but I mean, I think we can talk mm -hmm. about it. But before we get to that, you're, you're kind of a businessman. And still, I'm still a little intrigued. I, I know you say you're not sure how you quite got Correct. to doing yeah. this, but there have to be some like touchstones along the way that you can you can point to that are like where your 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 moments of inspiration, like because it it is kind of a big shift for a lot yeah. of people, especially in the yeah, business absolutely. world. So, can you share absolutely. some of that? So, I think you know, Reverend, the 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 conversation for me, you know, as a young Irish Catholic, right? So it starts from the beginning, right? Uh, being raised as the youngest uh, with my uh, twin sister in an Irish Catholic family of eight. Uh, we were all altar boys. We all served, you know, at mass. We all went to, to mass with our parents. And then, you know, when you get into college and past college, you, you know, obviously it's up to you whether you continue that. And I, I believed in my faith. I continued to go to, um, to church. I continued to serve. And uh, for me, my, my religious belief uh, as a Catholic has always been important. And so, you know, that's been my journey is that I see myself as uh, as a Christian, as a Catholic. And so the, the church has been important to me and uh, the uh, spiritual strength that I get from that has always been important to me. My journey leaving college was, you know, um, most people go to school and they determine, hey, what do I want to do when I grow up? Um, because I was the youngest of five boys. Uh, the other four were professional athletes. <laughs> so, uh, and three of them were professional soccer players. So I just thought like, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a professional soccer player. Uh, and that lasted for six months. And then I'm like, oh, I guess, I guess I need to get a job. 
Um, and as a grad, you know, <laughs> a recent graduate, you know, I, I got some great jobs in New York City. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. But one of the things that did come into pass at one point in time is is my spiritual calling. And and I think I like girls a little too much to be a priest. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I can do that. So uh, good, good that so you I, knew that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew. Um, so you know, it was like, okay. So I mean, the priesthood wasn't, you know, for that reason, wasn't a viable option. But it was certainly something. It was a it was a calling. It was something I thought about because. Uh, God and, and my spiritual uh, beliefs were important to me, even even as a young man. Um, and then, you know, once I, I was in New York City working with law firms, uh, I got into the business side, uh, started to work with some really you know great companies. Um, I worked with a great company that uh, point and click that was actually uh, kind of the precursor to Amazon. And, you know, at, at 30 something years old, uh, I was fortunate enough to find out because I wasn't very good at math. Uh, I was unfortunate to find out that um, zero times zero is uh, zero, and and so so it didn't matter how many shares I had uh, when the company went under. It I made no money. So I, I see all these people <laughs> in VC companies now; they're making millions of dollars, and I'm like, yeah, I wish that would have happened to me, but it didn't. Um, it, it was it wasn't where you were supposed I guess to not, be. <laughs> I guess not. So yeah, so I traveled the country. Um, one of the uh, the companies I worked with was an internet company, and I introduced uh, one of the first media convergence models in America uh, back in 1998. So I spent many years traveling around the country, speaking to newspaper organizations, management teams, leadership teams, sales teams, conducting management, leadership, and sales programs. So that was the business side. Is is that I understood, uh, you know, the sales process. I understood management, leadership, and that segued towards the motivational piece. You know, so nine eleven came, and I thought about the response. So I had a brother that was in building two that that collapsed. He got out, um, but he lost he lost a lot of people. He lost a lot of friends, and it was devastating for him. It, it was devastating. But what I saw as a New Yorker was how everyone came together. And and for some reason, my thought process was, was, why does it take a tragedy like this for people to come together? Like what why is like why do we need this in order in order for us all to work together? And um and so that's how I had National Motivation and Inspiration Day passed by Congress. Um I was very fortunate. I sent it to a, a, a you know a, a congressman that I had I've been working with and um and he he got it passed almost immediately. Uh, which was unheard of that I got passed that quickly. So um, we then um, passed it in New York State. So we had it passed in New York State and in Congress, uh, naming January 2nd National Motivation and Inspiration Day and January as Motivation and Inspiration Month. So that was that was a big transition towards that motivational inspirational piece. Um, so that's that's, I think, the beginning of that transition from business to Hey, this motivational piece. And then the books came, you know, and uh, the first book, Who Are You? Become the very best you that you, you can be. Um, I make the most significant addition to Maslow in 60 years. And that pinnacle, that that self-actualization, that top piece of the the um of the pyramid, that's that's this. This is the light of man. This is you know, the idea of evolving. Like, how, where are we going? How are we evolving? How are we becoming our very best selves? How, how are we becoming fulfilled? So that's been a pretty consistent theme in most of the things I've written and spoken about for the past 20 years. 
right? The book came out 13, 15 years ago, something like that. So that's what I've been mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's it's not a surprise that I've gone from asking the question about evolution, how are we evolving, which I don't think we are. Um, and, and then it becomes, well, how do we? How do we evolve? How do we reach that level where more and more people become self-actualized? They become aware. They become unthreatened by other people. They don't care about other people's uh, you know, political stance or their religious backgrounds or you know, their sexual orientation. None of that is a threat. So for people that are self-actualized, we become more accepting. And, and maybe that's the mm-hmm. beginning of enlightenment. Right. So that's I think that's one of the leading reasons why I've gotten here to the light of man. Yeah. And I a couple of things. I love that your background is Catholic. I think that that really helps your message, you know, rather than being a scientist. I think it really gives you credibility. Okay, so when you bring your message forward, you come from this Catholic root because I, 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 when I saw your film, and we've talked about how it resonates with my own understanding, what I already kind of teach about God, but when I bring this up to my Catholic friends or my fundamentalist friends or whatever, they often think I'm some sort of a weird culty person or I'm off on some tangent or I've been misled or it's not scriptural or whatever. So it really it really lends a lot of credibility that you have these Catholic roots. I also love that your your pivot point is is that motivation because motivation is kind of like it's kind of like that divine spark within us, right? Well that's the inspiration piece. Yeah that's the inspiration okay, okay. piece. Right. right. Yes. Because what I differentiate is for inspiration is that light, that energy, that thing, the thing that lights us up, right? The motivation is the stuff you got to do every day to make it happen. <laughs> That's the hard work. Okay. Okay. Got it. All right. All right. All right. So one, one works with the other. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I can kind of see that. And I, and I think often, you know, you've got all these brothers who are athletes and all of that. I think that, I think some of us just from childhood also have this kind of questioning and seeking mind, like, like. I'm not saying like we're really the chosen ones or the really cool ones or anything, but some of us were kind of born with this, what is this world about? Why why am I here? And mm. and I completely agree with you. We aren't evolving. <laughs> we we are not evolving. It's interesting you hearing mm. you say that. We are not evolving. I see that every single day. Unfortunately. We're kind of stuck. I, yeah, I, I like stuck that. In, yeah, I think we're I think we're stuck in so many ways. In so many ways. Yeah. We're, we're stuck to our humanness and, and uh, as you know, I touch on uh, upon it in the movie. Um, uh, the French philosopher Pierre Jardin uh, was noted as saying that we are divine uh, beings having a human experience and not human beings having a divine experience. And so if the if there's more of us that can embrace that, the spiritual nature of who we are, but that's where the science comes in, as you were saying is when you look at the science, it's like, wait a second. And one of the things I was afraid of is, you know, so we didn't get into this, the idea of metaphysics, right? So, you know, I did some, you know, I was a political science student. I did some philosophy. I did some, and when you get into metaphysics, it's like, oh, you you lost me. (laughs) (laughs) And I think anyone that studied it in college, I think a lot of them are like, you, you lost me. It's real. It's not real. Is it fake? It's like, wait, what? And so I didn't want to get into metaphysics because you, you lose people. People are like, wait, I don't, I don't get it. So, but that's, that's where we're at, Carol. That's where we're at. 
Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because I'm a unity minister. And by the way, I didn't tell you in the beginning, you can call me Carol. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you don't have to call me by my title, although I appreciate the, the, um, the respect. Do respect. In unity, we, our, our founders look at the Bible and, and interprets it metaphysically. It, we look at it symbolically, metaphysically, and it's it's so different than the way others look at the Bible. That doesn't yeah. mean it's not also historical. It doesn't mean there's not also you know some real things there. But then there's also a deeper spiritual meaning that's beyond the physical. Yeah. And and so I'm very familiar with metaphysics. I, I understand how it can lose people. <laughs> and what's interesting is your your statement about your statement about the Bible, right? And, and so all dogma, whether it's the Quran, whether it's the Bible, whether it's uh, the Talmud, whether it's the Gita, you know, we have these these verses, we have these beautiful things that were written, and, and the people that wrote them, you know, really very intelligent people, very thoughtful. They must have been really tremendous people that brought, brought uh, these to life. Um, but they're dogma, they're, they're rules, and every single religion has these rules. But one of the things that continue to drive me is this idea that, you know, if they all paid attention to the rules, they'd realize that they're all pointing at the same thing. We're all pointing at a higher power. We're all pointing at there's something else. And whether you call it God, Allah, Krishna, Elohim, Brahman, creator, whatever you call it, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and so I'm glad you mentioned the Bible because, look, it's a, it's a brilliant book. People read it. But you in unity, looking at it, interpreting it differently, that's that's pretty that's pretty cool. It is cool. And and it's not like we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like, right. you know, I went through a period of my life, you know, I, I, I went through a kind of a atheist, agnostic atheist period for a while. And and I always thought, you know, I just throw that Bible out. That Bible's the the cause of all the problems in the world. That was where I was. But I I grew to experience it in a completely different way. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Look at it with a new lens and a higher consciousness. I also mm -hmm. believe that much of the Bible and much of what Jesus was saying, which I know you talk about in, in your movie, was meant to be interpreted and understood at different levels. Like if you're at a certain level of consciousness, you hear this. If you're at another level of consciousness, you might hear that. And you know, there's multiple layers yeah. and and opportunities to to look at things you know, literally, symbolically, historically, and really all those lenses are, I think, required to kind of start to point at what is the truth. Yeah. And that's where, you know, so Dr. Bonnie Hoffer, uh, Reverend Dr. Bonnie Hoffer and I, um, we did the uh, the audio book. So the audio book of The Light of Man is out there. And we really talked largely about the religious piece. And so I didn't bring in too much of the scientific piece in the audio book. She was just so brilliant in the sense that she brought all these religions together and their commonalities. So, you know, she's a theologian. She can talk about all the different religions. And so that was what I loved about it. It's like, so what do we have in common? Can we focus on what we have in common? And unfortunately, there are still people, to your point, as soon as you start questioning things, they'll start bringing stuff out of the Bible. Like, well, you you know, the Bible says, and the Bible says, and I'm like, I, I don't. I don't want that argument. That's, I, I have no, no game in that argument. I don't want it. Yes, the Bible is one of the most important documents ever written in the history of mankind, but it doesn't mean that that's the only sense of 
direction. And maybe it's preventing some of our evolution because we're taking it too, and you, you use the word literally. We're, 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 we're taking mm-hmm. it too literally, I think. And to your point, to interpret, to understand. And now you're looking not through just glasses. You're looking at, you know, sunglasses through different shades of the rainbow. And there's different interpretations of this information. Never mind the fact that, I mean, I believe from what I've been told is that the Vatican is actually determining whether they're going to release a number of uh, other verses that were never included in the Bible. And that's something that's very novel and very new. That's, you know, I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah, I I think that one of the things that is keeping us stuck is our inability or refusal to accept new information. It's like it's as if everything is fixed. It's it's we're we're not a whole lot different than the people who believe that that the sun revolved around the earth. You have something that you've already decided is true. Sometimes it happens in science, sometimes it happens in politics. It always happens in religion or often happens in religion. And if it, like this is fixed, this is fixed. So then something else comes in and you're like, no, no. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why isn't that also the word of God? Or, or why don't we at least look at it, yeah. you know? But there's this fear of looking at something else, like it's going to mess up with my world. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what I kind of wanted to, I want to get into the, the kind of the heart of your movie, but I have this question about who, who is the target audience? Because... I think that some people who are so fixed on their view of God as, you know, the white bearded man in the sky or the actual entity, um, you know, have, are just so blocked at, at expanding their awareness. So I'm kind of interested, we'll talk about your movie, I'm kind of interested in it also, and, and, and who is your target audience? Carol, I think one of the things that I use as the foundation is the idea that 90% of the world believes in God or a higher power, regardless of what name mm-hmm. you use, God, mm-hmm. Allah, Krishna, Elohim, mm-hmm. creator. So using that as the foundation that most people know and feel that there is something bigger, whether it be a higher power. I think 90% of the world knows it. And most of them know it through the practice of their religion, the religion they belong to, whether there's whether they're Muslim, whether they're Catholic, whether they're Christian, whether they're um, you know Hindu, or whether they're Jewish, they still believe in God or a higher power, and that's that's my target, right? It's a pretty big target. Mm-hmm. Is is anyone that already believes in God and believes that there's a higher power? All I'm doing is taking, asking them to take a, a step further forward. And, and I joke and I say it's, it's a step forward into a rabbit hole. It's just a small step. It's a step closer to God. But I'm asking you to take a little bit of a leap of faith. Because if you believe there's a higher power, if you believe there's a God, then, then I, I think you're going to believe this. When you see the movie, I, I think it becomes, oh, wait a second. We're, we're missing something here. And so that's what I hope. That's my hope for the movie. Yeah, it's my hope too. So let's talk about the movie because it's called The Light of Man. And it really is about the spark of divinity. It's about the, the physical light and the spiritual light. Um, what? How would you want to just kind of share about your movie? I know you don't want to give it all away, but what's the general gist and what's the... You know, I finally, I finally got a couple of uh, companies that now are interested in, in signing an agreement uh, to release the film. 
So now I'm, I'm not as nervous about sharing the, the details of it because I, I know now that it looks like the world is going to get to see it. Uh, we're, we're about to release a couple of big, uh, a couple of big deals. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. Um, look, that spark, that light, the light of man. People talk about light and enlightenment. They've been talking about it in religious spectrum for, you know, for 5,000 years, um, pre predated by um, Ayurveda and Sanskrit. And so they're over 5,000 years old, and they've been talking about human light and light and enlightenment and energy for 5,000 years. But when you ask people religiously, well, what is the light? Well, it's our energy, it's our heart, it's our brain, it's our... And I'm like, no, no, no. In this movie, I'm actually specifically showing you where it starts. And so I think that's going to be the first one. People are going to question, wait a second. And the scientists that did the experiment where there is actual energy, a spark of energy and light at conception, at the very creation. However, this is a 2018 study or um, research study. However, there is a book and a study from the 60s or 70s called The Body Electric, which talked about it to begin with. And they talked about um, plants as well. So it's not just human beings. It's plants. It's every single thing that's living, living and breathing. So plants, animals, human beings. When we are created, there is a spark at that very instant. I am saying that is God. That very moment. I love that. And I it's so interesting. The video is so interesting. And I my understanding is that they they first they first saw the spark happening at conception with mice. And I was like, I just love that. So this is happening with animals. This is not just humans. And then you go on to say plants. That I wasn't aware of. But no. I read in the US News and World Report, they said an explosion of zinc fireworks occurs when a human egg is activated by a sperm enzyme. The intensity of the sparks, scientists say, indicates the egg's potential to develop into a healthy embryo. And so that's what they're saying. And that we're also seeing is that is the spark of the divine. That is the spark of, of God saying, you know, like, let there be light. Exactly. And then this being, yes, yes. this being is now in action. Yeah. And, and to your point, right? So great research. It's like, you know, so they're saying it's zinc. So scientists are going to say, Oh, it's not divine and it's not God. It's zinc. And that's it. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with you. However, when I take an expert like Dr. Raymond Moody, who is a near death experience expert, one of the founders of it, and he has literally interviewed thousands and thousands of people that have a, the same experience of leaving their body and being drawn to light. And in that light, they've had unbelievable experiences. Some of them have seen cities of light. Some of them have had other experiences about, you know, meeting family and glowing figures in this fascinating light. So when we die, that light leaves. And now we have thousands of people that have said, hey, guess what? I know where the light goes because I was there. I came back, but I'm pretty sure I know where we're going. And so science, once again, like, how do they explain that? And it's like, oh, the body's decomposing or the brain has synapses. And that's been an argument. And Dr. Moody points it out. It has been an argument since Greek philosophers. So that argument now, the same exact argument 4,000 years later 
It's the same exact argument. No one's proven it or not proven it or disproved it. So I'm taking this expert and I'm taking his word on it after meeting thousands of people that had that experience. So now I'm saying, so as Catholics, on Ash Wednesday, we have ashes put on our head and say from ash you come and ash you return. They stopped saying that a few years ago. Well, what I'm saying is, I think it's from light we come and light we return. And that divine energy that we're created with is God and we return to God. Now, I'm not going any further than that because people may say like, well, are you recreated or are you recreated as a, you know, is, uh, are you recreated as a cow or something else? Or like, look, I don't, I don't know that. I, I'm not. We don't exactly, know everything. <laughs> I'm not giving that answer because I, I don't have that answer. But this, but this right. one, this journey about the light of man being started as light and ending as light, I'm pretty sure I I proved that pretty clearly. Yeah, and I think that you can correct me if you disagree, but I think also while we're here on this planet, we have the opportunity in every moment to be that light, you know, to bring that light forward as as love and wisdom and creativity. And so it's not like we just have the spark at, at, in the beginning and, and we go to the light. We are the light. We can either turn it on or off, you know, like I can turn it off. I can just be a, a bummer and I can be a low vibration person or I can have it on and I can be out there just loving and seeing the light in everybody yeah. else. And Carol, that's, I mean, there's our challenge, right? Is that there's people like you, and I told you, you're, you've been in this space longer than I have. I've just kind of found my way through the dark. And I, I really truly find that this is a divine journey that I've found this the, it, uh, myself in this space. But for those of you that have been ahead of this and realizing that the divinity that lives within us is something that we need to pay attention to. And so now I'm, you know, I'm working on a, a meditation practice and working on what's next and how people can connect to this divinity. But look, when we meet people that are all like happy and crazy and all filled with light, people think they're crazy. And so people aren't prepared for people that are overly joyous and potentially struck with the divine. And so it's like, well, wait a second, isn't that our calling? And so when we think about like children and how delightful they are and how happy they are, and the simplest things make them happy. Well, you know what? We're really no different. You know, the simplest things can make us happy if we allow them to. But the complexity of our life, our human experience, it, it, it's hard sometimes because there's pressure, there's anxiety, there's mental health issues, there's people that are not healthy. That, you know, all these things contribute to us not sharing our divinity, not tapping into this light that lies within us that can bring us all joy. Yeah, and I also want I just I just want to make one clarification for what I said because I don't think it's always joy and always happy. I think the light, you know, can be brought to, you know, sorrow and the challenges as well. So it's not like I'm talking about what people call spiritual bypass that we're all like, you know, zooming around and just like are high on life mm -hmm. because life is difficult for all of us. Mm -hmm. But we still can be that light and 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 bring that we can bring that light to other people when they're in that situation we can accept the light from other people we're all here to kind of kind of in this uh, you know soup of humanity um but but I, I do think it's a choice you're either you're either in light and love or you're in fear and 
And the fact that we are conceived with that spark, and I, I love that. I didn't know that, by the way, before your film, and I did like seeing that spark. It's so, there it is, poof. So and here exciting, we are. It? it makes you also, it is. And for me, I am a, a, a great animal advocate. I also think it helps us see the divine in other creatures. Yeah. So it's not just human. Yeah. God did not just create humans. God created all beings with this spark of divinity and it makes me want to you know honor you know all all yeah. beings. and listen i use some famous quotes from um people in the movie you know uh john lennon talked about it um dalai lama talks about it he's in the movie um uh, marish uh, marishi mahesh yogi uh who taught the beatles transcendental meditation is in it um uh, and uh, the expert, my scientific expert, world-renowned physicist, John Haglund, Dr. John Haglund is in the movie. He also is a, a student of Maharishi Yogi and teaches transcendental meditation around the world. So those components is are the other pieces of this movie is the journey is inward, not outward. We have to stop looking yes, outward yes. for the answers. The answer truly is internally. And when we find that internal light, when we find that internal energy, when we find our divinity through meditation practices, through prayer, and we realize how genuinely good we all are, that we, we all have a divine nature and a kindness to us if we only allow it to be. But once again, society puts a lot of pressure on a lot of people and they stop doing that. They stop being kind. And, you know, part of the, the human experience is there's a lot of people out there with mental and emotional disabilities that test all of us, that, that you know, have different experiences. And I, I don't know the answer to that one, Carol, in our human experience, why there are different people that present different challenges for all of us, for our, for our humanity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do think that back to the idea of it's the, the kingdom within, you know, the, the, the journey is, is inward. And I think a lot of our religions keep us from that. Absolutely. I think they have us focused on this exterior, someone's going to come and save us, or this exterior being who's so much beyond us. And, and, you know, when it's, you know, Jesus said the kingdom is, is within. And, and I think many, esoteric philosophers would also say the same thing. This is an inner journey. It's an inner journey. So as long as we're looking out there, we're looking out there for the politician to save us. God help us if that's what we're doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's, not, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there. I think that's where all the psychopaths are kind of stuck. But anyway, <laughs> that's just my own opinion. Uh, but people do. They look for their political party, their, their president, their leader, their this or their that. Or you know, their, whoever their religious figure is, is going to come, or even God. Now, I completely believe that God, you know, can, quote, save us, but it's through us, and it's in us, and it's, you know, it's not like exteriorly, it's going to be poof, now finally we're in a happy world. It's going to be, we've, our spark, we've got to get it in action through the inspiration and the motivation we talked about in the beginning mm -hmm. to actually allow God within us to bring about change in the world. And Carol, that's the transformation, right? That's the transformation mm -hmm. is taking people that, you know, just they're working hard every day just to try and put money, you know, bread on the table and feed their families and you know, take care of their children and take care of their parents. And they're caught up in, in what they're doing. 
to, to be able to take that moment, whether it be first thing in the morning or before you go to bed, to not only pray, but to meditate, to find the peace, to find the light, to find the energy. And so if you can do that frequently enough, everything starts to slow down. There starts to be some mm-hmm. peace. And look, I'll tell you, and we, we have some time to share this. One of the things that also led me into this journey was as an individual, I needed, I was tested. And so I went through a, a, a terrible divorce, terrible divorce. It was heartbreaking. And um, I'd given someone and her children 11 years of my life. Uh, and just all of a sudden I was cast out. I was gone. Um, and I became suicidal. And there was a moment and through this process of kind of being thrown into the fire and then coming back out like a phoenix, right? I found my own identity. So my, my definition of Kevin McCrudden is no longer this person's husband or, or these children's dad or stepdad. The identity of Kevin McCrudden finally is, oh, this is who I am. So my, my journey became closer to God because I, I made a deal with God. I, I was making the decision. I was going to end everything. And I said, if I don't do it now, I'll never, I'll never ever question this again. I'll never come back here. And so that transition of to, to love thyself, to, to love yourself, it's not egotistical. It's, it's about understanding your divinity, this, this, this understanding how special we truly are. And if, if you can tap into that, then I think mental health will get better. Emotional health will get better. Relationships get better because you become secure. You become comfortable being who you are. And unfortunately, it took me something tragic for me to learn that lesson. I think that's very common. I think many of us have to hit bottom or be really pressed against the wall before we turn around and, and, and see the face of God or, or just or surrender and go, you know, my way's not working. I love that. Surrender. Yes. Yes. My way is not working. And, and then, you know, come into my life in whatever way, show me. And, and, then, and then, you know, it, it gets revealed step by step. So really, what you're advocating is this practice of meditation. Because it it's, it's, it's one way getting in your head, mm-hmm. you know. It's a head thing. I'm a divine being. I just spark it. You know, I I just spark cabinet conception. I have a spark. You know, I go to the light when I die. I can be a light all in between, you know. And I am God's image and likeness. That's all in our head until we actually have the experience and we actually awaken to it. And you know, I say I that all the time. We just woke I love up. That. I love that the awakened <laughs> thing is so important. And and scientifically, I talk with Dr. Hagman about this idea of consciousness. And that's, that's what um, Dalai Lama talks about. That's what Mother Rishi talks about. It, it's about a consciousness. So it's an awareness. It's a oneness. It's a growth. And that's really the merging of science and religion is, is this idea of consciousness and awareness and oneness is that we understand that every single thing on this planet is made of particles and waves, everything, us, the trees, animals, all of us. So if we're all connected, now all of a sudden, I think that's where you start to understand that spark of energy within you. Now you understand how special that is. Yeah, and I do want to talk about Dr. Hagen a little bit. I'm, I'm quite a fan. Do you remember when he ran for president in 2000? 
He did, yeah. <laughs> I went into my 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 voting box thinking I was going to vote for him, but he wasn't on my ballot. I just uh, I didn't I didn't even think I didn't even think to check my ballot. It was in Texas. I thought for sure he was going to have a ballot, and I was he was, that was going to be my little box. And it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm stuck with the left right guys. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a brilliant, so a disappointed. Brilliant man. Yeah, brilliant man. Yeah, and now he, he used to have. It sounds like he's now the president of the Maharaji, the the, med the Transcendental Meditation University in Iowa. And yes. didn't he used to have some sort of peace university or something like that? I thought he had some sort of peace institute in he Houston. He does. He does. He is the he is the president of um, a global scientific uh, movement of scientists for peace. So he's also the okay. president of that. Okay. And. Uh, if I remember correctly, because I when I when I used to lead church and have my weekly sermons, I I would often refer to what I believe I remember that he led these meditations in I can't remember like certain cities and the violence came it down. DC. It was DC. Yeah. Okay, can you share a little bit about that? So my memory. I, I don't know much about it, but you're exactly right. Okay. Is that you know, and this is through his scientists for peace. Is that through transcendental meditation they they met and they prayed and they meditated for uh, several uh, days or weeks, um, focusing in, intently on the idea of reducing um, the negative energy, reducing violence, and it did actually happen, is that- It brought the crime yeah. down, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it didn't no, go to zero no. or anything, but it was there's was a noticeable, yes. noticeable shift. And that was the, you know, that's the, Science that would say that our minds are our our meditative state impacts like the energy uh, you know all around absolutely. us absolutely absolutely fascinating yeah. and he he's a key part of your movie he's in there big, a lot he's big uh, Doctor uh, Bonnie Hoffer are our major pieces so so Doctor uh, the Reverend Doctor uh, Hoffer is my theologian my religious expert and she's also a neuroscientist. Um, and then Dr. Haglund, who is a world-renowned physicist and a transcendental meditation expert and or in charge of transcendental meditation in North America. And then Dr. Raymond Moody, who's also an MD, a psychologist, a, a therapist, as well as an expert in uh, near-death experiences. And that's where, Carol, I'm saying, I, in my normal walk of life, I would have never met these people. I, they, there would have been no reason for me to meet these people, for them to all come to me in order to be in this movie. It's absolutely divine. Absolutely. Well, that's interesting. So they did come to you. I, I put out inquiries, and then all of a sudden, they're yeah. like, sure. But it's not like they, you guys are beer buddies no, or anything nothing like, like that. that. And no, nothing like that. <laughs> and, and hey, would you be in my movie? Uh, you all be in my, yours and <laughs> right, give me exactly. mine kind yeah, of yeah. thing? Yeah, give me another beer. No, that's not how, <laughs> that's not how it works. Yeah, very yeah. interesting. It's very interesting because, yeah, they, they bring in the science and you know the the string theory and 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 all and Einstein and all these past scientists mm -hmm. and all and and there's there's a lot of interweaving of of science and theology Absolutely. in this umbrella of of we are the light and like I said about a half hour ago that was one of Jesus's message you know Yeshua ben Joseph it was not just I am the light of the world but that you are the light of the world. And the kingdom is within. The kingdom is is at hand. He is pointing to all of this, and you know everyone's like, "Oh, we worship you. <laughs> yeah. We worship you." Not turning our turning our attention inward. 
Yeah. There's a great quote, and I'm not going to say it properly, but I have it in the movie. It's from uh, John, uh, John 1, 9. Um, it says, uh, he, he came into the world, and although people didn't recognize him, the world was made through him. And so, essentially, even in that, they're saying that people didn't recognize who he was, but he came into the world because he created the world. And so, once again, it reinforces this idea of light and energy that, you know, whether it be God, Jesus Christ, and obviously, you know, the trilogy, I, I think, frankly, that I've never been a big fan of the idea of the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. They've never had a real strong definition of what that Holy Spirit thing is. As a Catholic, I don't think there's ever been a really strong definition of what that Holy Spirit is. Carol, guess what? This is the Holy it's Spirit. It's the light. It's the light. Yeah. It's the light that lies in all of us. It's that energy. And so now that makes sense to me. I, com I completely agree. I, I recently had a conversation with a Catholic friend of mine, and she was she was talking about the Pentecost when the Holy Spirit de descended upon the disciples. This is after Jesus, you know, had had been crucified and and had his resurrection experience. And a as a minister, I've always said, I don't know what that is. I'm not going to explain what the resurrection is. All I know is if you look at all the people around him. They were in fear, and now all of a sudden they're emboldened. So something shifted in them, and I, I call that the resurrection of the Spirit within them. But she was very adamant about the Holy Spirit just descended upon those those right. people, and then they had the they then had the right to go out and teach. And I kind of don't say anything in those situations. I let people you know stay with their beliefs. But in my mm. mind, that is. It is in all of us, and I don't know if it dis descended in us, but it act it's activated. You know, it's activated yeah. as that Christ energy yeah. within us. Yeah, I like that. And, and to your point, I mean, so if if we're now saying, you know, and I'm saying the Holy Spirit is the light of God, the light of energy, but but it's not just Christians, it's not just Catholics, it's Muslims and Hindus and Jews and. It's everyone. It's every human being has that light within them. Agnostics, and if they exactly, <laughs> yeah. and if they tap into it. There's the trigger. There's the there's the transition, mm -hmm. the transformation to say, well, wait a second. Let me pay attention to this, right? And even uh, Dalai Lama in Hinduism says that in Buddhism, um, enlightenment is pure light. Like that is Buddha is is pure light. Well, wait a second. That's what Dr. Moody's saying. He's saying the same thing, right? And it's mm -hmm. it's just a fascinating moment in my inter interview with John Haglin. And um, and he's explaining string theory. He's explaining how all of this universal stuff works. And he literally says, we don't have to call it God, but it is the creation of all things. <laughs> so once again, right, 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 right. As a scientist, right. it's like you can't quite bring himself to say it. And it's like, the, no, John, I'm saying word. it. It's, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's OK, John, I'm saying it, but you don't have to. You don't have to. I, I tell you, even as a minister, I, I dance around the word because I know it's so loaded for so many people. And so mm -hmm. I often say, God, spirit, source, great mystery, you know, whatever you <laughs> want to call this energy that's under all of creation, you name it, that. call it George, Henry, you know, Mary, whatever you want. But <laughs> it can become a paragraph. I call it God. <laughs> right. I love that. I call it God.
Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and I have, I've gotten in the, in the, in the um, habit of saying, you know, God, Allah, Krishna, Elohim, Brohim, you know, creator, right. whatever, whatever you might movie. call it. Yeah. Because you're, you're right. You're trying to get everyone <laughs> yeah. included. Like, look, I, I don't want to say God and have half of you turn off. It's, it's the word I use, right. but guess what? You know, we all say hello in different languages, right? So hello, hola, uh, buena vida, uh, right. you know, it, so we have 500, a thousand ways to say hello. Guess what? We have a lot of different ways to say God or Holy Spirit or higher power or creator. One of the things I'm actually really proud of too, is I work really hard to try and incorporate uh, Native Americans and indigenous people in the movie. And you know, I have some close friends that are Native Americans that were trying to get them to the right people. And for literally for two years, I was trying to have someone from the Native American indigenous community in the movie. And unfortunately, they just weren't very trustworthy of like, they, they weren't sure where we were going with it. But I have a segment in the movie where it's kind of tongue in cheek, but we talk about this idea of their experience of having Europeans come tell them that they were heathens and that they mm-hmm. needed to believe in God or, or you know Christianity and they needed to change them and convert. And now that we have the introduction of string theory and the universe and the connectivity of everything, they believed in creator. They believed in creator that everything on the earth and in the universe was all connected. They were right. <laughs> it's like they were right all along. Right. And I, I don't know, Western religions had to kind of personify God in a way, and I kind of understand that. I do understand that, because I think God can be transcendent and personal, but not necessarily, you know, a personal being that stands here. But if it's a personal being that stands here for you, that's fine. <laughs> but I think people have a hard time with this transcendent God that's like everywhere and under everything. But I do think when you when you enter into kind of a state of meditation, or at least the space in between thoughts, you you kind of have this experience of this almost tingling, animating energy that's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's everywhere and not just localized somewhere that you have to go find, and only if you behave a certain way or, or, or whatever your rules are, but that it's available for all of us no matter what, mm-hmm. it's really empowering. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, you talk about the space between. So I was just thinking uh, Dave Matthews, you know, he has a great song about the walking man, but he also has uh, a great song about the, the space in between. Awesome song. I love that song. I used to have that. I used. I, I was kind of an unconventional minister when I did church, and and that was one of the songs we played. Oh, awesome! I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, when you were when you were about to evoke a quote from John, you were using the 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 Gospel of John. But I thought you were going to come up with a John Lennon quote when you. <laughs> it's, in, it's in the movie. You mentioned it before. Is you said, "Well, God's not the guy with the beard." It's like that's exactly what Lennon said. Lennon said. You know, right. I don't. I know that there's this universal thing, and it's not this guy with a white beard in, in the clouds, but it's a mixture of what Muhammad said and Jesus said and Buddha said, and it's a mixture of what they. All, and so he says it. I couldn't. I couldn't yeah. find. And I, my partner and I were in the house two Christmases ago, and there's actually a quote from him. There was this uh, Imagine came on, and there's a quote about uh-huh. him talking about light and human beings. I I reached out to Yoko Ono. I reached out to George Harrison's son. I reached out to everyone I could to try and get that quote because he he almost specifically said it. And I was like, I just, I couldn't find it. But I found this other quote 
So, I mean, look, when they were going through their uh, sort of their transition, right, their uh, LSD transition, um, you know, and Maharishi Mahesh Yogi taught them transcendental meditation, um, as well as influencing their music. Um, you know, they talked a lot about spirituality and God and energy and light. And so it was transformational for them, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. I know you've got a, a back end in about five minutes or so. I do want to give you the opportunity to say anything else you want to say that we might not have talked about before we close. Carol, what I find myself doing in interviews, and, and I'll try not to cry because I do, I do tend to cry a lot, is um, this has been uh, such a, an amazing emotional journey um, creating the light of man because it's, it is divine. It is so profound and so beyond me. Uh, I'm just this simple man that stumbled into through the dark into this space now where people like you have been for a while and, and you've been trying to teach people and trying to help people grow. And, you know, the more study I do, the more I learn that there are people like you. There are people that have been leaders for years that people aren't listening to. And, and my heart goes out to the people that have been saying, look, there's more here to this. There, there's a unity. There, you know, believe in this, this divine experience that the divinity within us is, is more than you think it is. And, um, you know, we need, to, we need to change. We need to change who we are because we're not evolving. We're not growing. And I hope that through watching this movie, even if just a small fraction of people finally believe that there's something so uniquely special about them because God lives within them, if it, if it can transform and change their lives, even just a little, then I've, I've served my purpose. Just like with you and your preaching, you're serving a purpose. Mine, I guess, is this. And uh, it is profoundly overwhelming for me. Yeah, I think it's obviously an inspired and spirit-guided mission that you've been on for some time. And, and, and what's so interesting is a lot of people have the inspiration, a lot of people have the guidance, but that you've acted on it, you've done it, and, and you, you've shown your light so that these interesting people who are in your movie came forward and said, let's do this together. Yeah. And, you know, and it is certainly my hope. I, I know. I've been preaching to small groups of people, you know, <laughs> it's like you, it, when, when you're talking about things that, that a lot of people can't accept yet, you got to kind of accept, you know, who's willing to hear. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that, that we're, we're poised for a big awakening. And I think that there's enough absolute insanity going on in the world right now. Maybe you haven't noticed, but it's, it's what I see every day yeah. that, that, yeah, I mean, it's, literally nuts in so many ways it and is. that because of that i think people are kind of like waking up a little bit and saying wait why are we organized like this who are we why why is the world like this and and why do i feel trapped or why do i feel like i don't have a lot of you know say in my life and once you come face to face with those things you know then it it, it kind of is a catalyst for opening up to the divine uh, to the truth, and and I'm hoping your movie's there, right there for people to, to to get you know get sucked into that rabbit hole. It's a good rabbit hole to go into, mm -hmm. and and maybe it will help with the, the uh, great awakening on this planet that 
I was going to say uh, that we need, but I also am completely surrendered to divine will. <laughs> so yeah, I do yeah. think it's part but of But we have to will. take action, so, Carol. We have to take action yes. in order to make these changes. And it has to become a yes. choice. And there are leaders that have to lead the way to say, look, this is the direction to go. And, um, yes. you know, so this unification, this idea of people sharing, uh, 90% of the world sharing that they do have this common belief that there is something greater. That's that's where I'm hoping people embrace this. And this this other piece that I also closed the movie with is this idea of namaste, right? This is something that's 5,000 years old. And you know what? If you look up in Google, Google is now translated. So it just says, I bow to you. Seriously, that's all they, they oh. it's like, oh, I bow to you. Mm. The divine meaning behind mm-hmm. namaste, which people that practice yoga now know, is that you fold your hands and you say namaste to someone. The divine meaning, the meaning uh, originally is the divine in me. So divine, so light of God. Divine in me acknowledges the light of God, the divine light of God in you. Can you can you imagine that? That 5,000 years ago, people would say, namaste, the mm-hmm. divine light of God within me acknowledges the divine light of God with you. Could you imagine if we all felt that way or thought that way? How? Oh, I know. I I can't imagine it actually. I I can see it in my mind. Like it's almost like all the Who's in Whoville coming out and singing around the Christmas tree. You know, after the Grinch just stole everything. I could see us all like, like you know what? I I can see it. I'm, I'm not saying it's happening, but I see it a lot that we could all come out of the houses and almost like hold hands and go the divine, the divine in me, the divine light in me beholds the divine light in you. And I think that's a great thing to close on. I love that. Yeah, and and the light of man. I hope everybody who's listening really gets this message that you are the light and that the divine light in in Kevin, the divine light in Carol, behold the divine light in everyone who's listening. And may we just all get this, get this and then live this. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you for your time. I really enjoyed talking with you. I did too. I did too. And I just, I just know that your movie is blessed. And it will bless many, many, many people in the world. Thank you so much. God bless and namaste. God bless. And I now close the spiritual forum. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, you can let me know by leaving a positive rating and review on your favorite podcast app or make a tax-deductible donation at thespiritualforum.org. The Spiritual Forum is a podcast, prayer, and retreat ministry affiliated with Unity Worldwide Ministries. Thank you again for being a part of the Spiritual Forum community. And remember, you are an amazing, divine, and powerful being.